Well, hello. Hi, Chris. Yes, I am Chris, and sitting across from me is Jess. Hi, Chris. Again, I'm Jess. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming to you today、uh, in this very first podcast we're putting together in order to. What are we here to do, Jess? We're here to well, I, I don't know about you, but I'm here to try new foods because food is my thing. <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised by that. Anyone listening to this who knows me a little bit,、um, we're here to have some new food, discover new snacks.、Mm-hmm. Um, but the title of our podcast is Food for Thought. So we want to also let this be a space where we can、um, go over some thoughts, some issues that are like in our churches and our culture, and kind of break those down while having some cool snacks. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I know that's something that excites me a lot. And I'm sure excites you a lot too. Is discovering the ways that the Bible often challenges the assumptions we have about life.、Mm-hmm. It challenges the assumptions that we ourselves don't naturally question. We build a collection of answers that we just assume are true,、mm-hmm. and they form a worldview that can be so unchallenged as if to just be obvious to us. And yet, the Bible will come along and challenge it. The teachings of Jesus. Will come alongside us and really open up our hearts and show us the the hidden errors that we have, the the wrong and faulty worldview that we hold on to. And I get really excited when that happens, as challenging as it is, to notice how God's point of view is so different from ours、mm-hmm. is something that is really exciting to me and something I love to share about because I see the way that it lights people's life up.、Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I find like it can be so subtle, like these assumptions、mm-hmm. that you have, and you kind of grow up with them, and then like it follows you like for quite a number of years. So、mm-hmm. then, like, yeah, you're right. It can be scary at first to like have those broken down, but、uh, yeah. it is exciting to like see that happen. It is, and surprisingly, it's also a lot of fun.、Mm-hmm. I think when we start, we would lose the the when we lose the ability to make fun of ourselves <laughs> or to see how ridiculous we can be sometimes. Uh, something very important dies. Right. Whereas the Bible will, at times, kind of lovingly poke fun at us.、Mm-hmm. God will lovingly sort of show us the silliness of our actions,、uh, and it's to help us to see it and to lighten up enough to open, be open to change. Right. As well. Right. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be about. We're going to be looking at issues. Some of them quite touchy,、mm-hmm. quite heavy, but always trying to bring it about in a fresh way. Uh, and bring it about in a very relevant way too.、Mm-hmm. We、mm-hmm. really want this to always remain something that you can take really f- food for thought away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah.、Uh, that you can start applying some of these truths in your lives, or starting start to use them to challenge your own assumptions as well. I think like that's one of the biggest assumptions actually in our culture. That like I think deep down inside. Like myself included, but a lot of us doubt whether or not the Bible is still relevant. Like I like、That's、the、true. word you use there, like relevant. How is something that happened like two thousand years ago still relevant to me?、Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited about like、um, discovering how that is the case. Yeah, yeah, and it's often in some really surprising and amazing ways. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the biggest, I think, challenges that I've continually discovered over time is just how relevant the teachings of Jesus are, and not only the teachings of Jesus, but just the reality of Christ yeah. is yeah. to to everyone,、um, and and to see that change happen is amazing,、mm-hmm. really amazing.、Mm-hmm. So, one of the key elements of what we do, <laughs> the what <we're> key <laughs> element, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> is that we're going to come together each time we come together and discover a snack.、Yes. Sometimes it'll be like in this case, one of us is going to bring something else. 
that we love to the other person who's never tried it before. And that's the case today. Jess, <laughs> you brought something for me to try that you love. And I've never tried before. And I'll be honest, I'm scared. I brought something amazing. You have no need to be scared, okay? Let yourself be challenged, Chris. Um, I brought, I made you a spirulina smoothie. Oh. And <laughs> Stop. Don't be scared. So basically spirulina is like this algae and like on its own, it smells like seaweed and it tastes awful. And so a lot of people listening are going to be like, yeah, I know that like algae is awful and spirulina is gross, but it's very healthy. And the thing that people don't know, the assumption that I'm breaking is that like there are ways to make it pretty good. Like I have this snack like once a week and the secret ingredient is that you need pineapple and ginger. So in your smoothie, okay. you need to have frozen pineapple and ginger and you always want to make it the night before and then you let it sit in the fridge and then like it'll like be all good for when you taste it the next day so yeah my ingredients for this it might smell a bit weird but then it'll be fine it'll be fine <laughs> so it's like a banana yeah because there's banana in there okay. too okay so wait what did i say so there's banana frozen pineapple ginger then your spirulina and you can add whatever kind of milk you want i added chia chris is looking at, if you guys can see his face chris hates me right now um, but I like it. And like, you could also add like mango or whatever other types of fruits you want. I think more important than the look on my face is the look of this drink. <laughs> it's like really, really deep green and it's viscous. It's like thick as well. It is because you want it to be like consistent and stuff. That's what All the right. seeds do. You could add black seeds also if you want. So, okay. Yeah. You ready? Well, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Your tongue is all green, <laughs> which is normal. <laughs> it's, um... How is it? You can be honest. This is a safe space. I mean, it's far better than I expected. Okay. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not terrible. I it's just not terrible. Look, I've taken one sip, and it's good enough to say I'll drink the rest of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a pass. It does taste healthy. Yeah. And in a good way. But it's not healthy because, sure, I added... You only add two teaspoons of spirulina or less. But the reason why it's actually not healthy is because there's a bunch of sugar inside from, like, all the fruit. Well, so, I'm very grateful for the sugar. Yeah. Yeah, the sugar helps. <laughs> Pineapple's a good thing. Mm. So if anybody wants to try, just listen to Jess's <laughs> recipe <laughs> and make your own... Algae? Spirulina? Spirulina smoothie. It's literally algae, right? Yeah, yeah. Like pond scum. <laughs> it's not pond scum. It's good for you and it's green, okay? That's right. <laughs> mm. honestly not, not a bad smoothie. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. bad at all. Great. Good, good start then. I'm proud of myself. I accomplished something today. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> So the, the format of this particular pilot episode is just going to be us telling you more about ourselves so that you can get to know us better. Mm -hmm. We thought it was important mm -hmm. as we start up so that you could gain a bit more understanding of who we are uh, so that you'd have an understanding of what's going to happen uh, right. and kind of our worldview on different things. So we've prepared a few questions for each other and I think that Jess should start. Can mm -hmm. I ask you a question, Jess? Go ahead, yeah. All right. So we have five questions that we're going to ask today. There we go. And the first one that I'm going to ask is, what is something in the Bible that you don't get and want to learn more about? Okay. 
I'm going hard on this one, okay? Um, I want to... Like, I don't get the whole idea of heaven and, like, what's uh. going to happen there. And I feel like five years ago, like, I would have not wanted to explore that topic at all just because it seems really scary. Um, but I find, like, as you grow up and, like, life gets busier and things are like, you know what? Like, I need a break. Like, I'd be, I'm going to be fine in heaven. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really... I know the Bible, like, it seems like a very obscure teaching, but if we're going to spend eternity there, I definitely think it would be like, I think that's a valid reason to want to know more about it. You know, where what's this destination that we're headed to? Um, and so, yeah, I want to know more about like what is going to be like, what is community going to be like in heaven? Um, I think that's, yeah, like heaven's a very broad uh, term, I guess, but just like how we're going to relate to each other and obviously to Christ and all that, like how, how that's going to work. Mm. Um, yeah. That's what I would want to know more about. <laughs> Is there anything about the, I guess maybe the common view of, of heaven that you think is wrong? Yeah, because, well, I don't want to say wrong just because that's very, like, judgmental, I guess. But I think there is, for me anyways, there was definitely a fear of what do you mean this goes on forever? You know, uh, like, I'm okay. not, I'm not, what? Like, what's going on? Is it going to be boring? What are we going to do? So I think, um, yeah, a lot of people are scared, quote unquote, um, of what that's going to look like, which which is valid in a way, because, you know, you've never been there and like like if I told you Chris we're gonna go somewhere and you're never gonna like come back to where you are now like mm. <laughs> like you'd be that would be anxiety provoking um it but then be, again yeah. like learning to know Christ deeper you're like okay but do I actually have the reason to be afraid and I yeah. think it's somewhere in John 14 ish that he says like I'm preparing a place for you so mm. it's not like he's not sending you off somewhere willy-nilly um so yeah I think there's a lot of fear around what that's gonna be um but just because we're scared of something doesn't like automatically make it negative. Like maybe our assumptions about it are yeah. wrong. So I, I do want to learn more about like the truth behind that. And I mean, one day I will, but it would be interesting <laughs> to learn that here first. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It is a fascinating topic. Mm -hmm. It's something I think there are a lot of misconceptions about too mm -hmm. that are unhelpful. Yeah. Um, and you're right. The teaching of the Bible isn't very clear. Right. But I think there are some really exciting clues there as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think there will be algae in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, good question. <laughs> we'll see. There'll, there'll for sure be chocolate. For oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's in the Bible. <laughs> Check your Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he, I don't know the Bible. Uh... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, what do you, what are some teaching in the Bible that mm. are like kind of fuzzy for you and mm -hmm. that you want to spend time learning more about? The one that I'm going to pick, and there's a few, but the one I'm going to pick is end time theology and prophecy. Okay. I think that it's something that I've always shied away from because it's really complex mm -hmm. and there are lots of very diverging opinions that all have really solid cases that yeah. could be made. Yeah. And so I've always kind of maintain somewhat of an agnostic position on it like oh you know like I don't really know but then implicitly I was for many years treating it like it didn't really matter mm -hmm. I had that attitude of like well you know in the end I know God wins like how he comes about doing it like I don't know but I, I just know I know that God wins and that's enough to know and more recently I've been challenged that I should spend more time really diving into it mm. for a couple of reasons one, there's a lot of teaching on it. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of teaching in the Bible that refers to what is going to happen around that that period of history mm-hmm. or future history for us. And then there's the challenge in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, says this, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So I want that blessing. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to experience that blessing. Literally, this is the only book of the Bible that contains a promise like that. That by reading these words uh, and by taking them to heart, you will be blessed. Uh, that just that's the only book of the Bible that explicitly states that. And so I am now in this position of saying, like, I feel like I'm missing out by right. not exploring this. And so I really want to explore it so I can, you know, I can really take hold of that blessing that God has in store for me. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? How would you define a prophet? Like either in the past or in present day, like. Yeah, what's your definition? Not of prophecy, but like of a prophet, like a person with that role. Like, what does that look like for you? Broadly speaking, it's a person who states the words of God. Okay. That's what a prophet is. Prophecy in the Old Testament didn't always have to do with the future. Yeah. It was uncovering the present as well. There you go. But typically it was revealing what was not obvious. Okay. And so you're speaking the words of God when... uh, the situation around you requires that and often it's it's not obvious for a number of reasons that that this is what God is doing or this is what God is intending to do or saying in this moment uh, often it's very challenging to hear uh, challenging in good or bad ways but challenging and convicting uh, so I'd say that's what a prophet is in the broadest of terms is yeah. someone who brings the word of God to bear in a situation uh, and uncovers something that is probably not obvious. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) So the second question I want to ask you, Jess, is what is something from your childhood that you think more people should know about? Yeah. um, I think, I think I don't spend enough time like giving shout outs to my family. Like my family, if I look back on like my childhood, like my mom and my brother, like, ah, oh, they're so amazing. <laughs> um, like, my mom is, like, a gangster, basically. Like, she raised me and my brother on her own. And, like, um, so, yeah, being a single-income parent, like, there were so many challenges wow. there. But we both went to, like, private schools. And, like, we each had, like, health issues. So, like, it was, like, paying for, like, medical stuff and all of that. And, like, my brother... Um, yeah, in our childhoods, we used to, like, always fight, like, all the time, but then he matured, and so I was never the problem. (laughs) He matured, and then, like, we... I'm so glad your brother grew up. (laughs) I'm sure you are. I'm glad for that, too. Yeah, like, I just, um, I feel like we weren't, like, super close in our childhoods, but I still, like, remember, like, I just always liked having my brother around, like, Mm -hmm. just having him be there. Like, he was a couple grades older than me, um, in elementary school. Like, yeah, he was older than me, so never, like, in the same class as me. But I just always liked knowing that he was, like, around type of thing. Like, even if we wouldn't, like, talk that much during the day. Like, my room was cool, so yeah. it was fun to have him around. So, yeah. So an unknown element of my childhood is, like, how awesome my family was. And we also, we always had pets, like okay. a dog or a cat or, like, something. So yeah. that was a fun part of my childhood, too. So, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. You just give a big shout out to your family. Yeah, I love you guys. <laughs> Basically. So if anyone wants to know more about Jess's family, 
details about how to contact him <laughs> are not going to be not, revealed in this episode yeah. ever. <laughs> they're actually both super private people, so I don't know. Right now, if they're listening, they're probably like, "Oh, Jess is crazy." <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I like it because you're saying that people ought to know more about it, but you're not going to give them the opportunity to do. I that. mean, you guys can meet them at some point. You just, I'm just not giving out their info right now. Wow, so. just just a big tease, Jess. Just there you a big go. tease. <laughs> What about, okay, so you grew up, like, someplace far away, so I'm dying to hear, like, stuff about your childhood. <laughs> oh, but first question, do you have siblings? I do, yes. Okay. Yeah, I have, um, I have a sister who's mm-hmm. a year and a half older than me, and I have a half-brother who's 10 years older than me. Okay, okay. Yeah. And you grew up at some point and made their lives easier, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the youngest, and um, I don't feel like I was a bad brother. I feel yeah. like I was pretty good. My sister and I did fight a lot when we were teenagers, but I think that's really common. Right. Uh, but we're all really close now. Okay. So, yeah. But that's not who, <laughs> that's not something I expect anybody else to really like want to know more about. Uh, so I chose one thing that was snack related Ooh. and one thing that was just a really big part of my childhood that's just purely fun. So the snack mm-hmm. that I think people need to know about mm-hmm. is this type of... Um, dried meat okay. uh, like similar to jerky but so much better than jerky like worlds apart from with jerky so it's a type of dried typically beef but it could also be like game meat like some kind of antelope or something uh, oh, and no, they, uh, <laughs> you cure it with like a vinegar a malt vinegar and like spice solution you hang it in okay. a nice warm dry place and you just let it dry there's no cooking involved. There's no, it's just the, the salt and the vinegar uh, cure the There's, outside yeah. of it. And then it dries inside and it becomes this really kind of like, like chewy. It's almost like meat bubble gum. Like meat ah! chewy. <laughs> it's so, so good. Wait, what's it called? Biltong. B-I-L-T-O-N-G. Biltong. You've got to bring someone one of these. Yeah, episodes. well, I make it. That's the thing is oh. that um, quite a lot of people in Zimbabwe, which is where I grew up, do make it. Okay. Uh, they make their own. Like, you can buy it in a lot of stores, but you okay. can make it yourself as well. A lot yeah. of people do. Okay. And so it was a huge part of the culture there. Like, that's the oh. snack. That's, like, that's one of the biggest snacks we have. Okay. And I love it. Nice. So that's one thing that, um, if you want it, you probably have to make it yourself in Montreal because nobody here sells it. Yeah. Uh, but it's really stunningly amazing. Can I find wild antelope, like, on Mount Royal or something? I mean, I, I've never tried, like, moose or <laughs> moose biltong, but I can't imagine it tasting bad. Right, <laughs> I'm sure okay. it'll taste good. Um, the th- second thing I wanted, I thought more people should know about is I grew up with a trampoline. Oh. Like, I had a trampoline in my backyard. Okay. Uh, and that trampoline was the, the stage that set so many of the, the sort of episodes of my life. Okay. I just think about how much took place on that trampoline, how much of my friendships yeah. uh, were just sort of spent around that trampoline, how much of my physical activity and the, the sort of the way that I would exercise or the way that I would play uh, and, and get fit and get sort of like my hand-eye coordination and my balance there mm-hmm. were w- spent on that trampoline, how much of my like solitude and contemplation Aww would take place on the trampoline as I'd lie on it and just sort of let the world pass by and think about things. Uh, It was a huge part of my life and Mm. and my family as well. We would just spend, well, myself and my sister and my friends as well, would spend all this time 
sort of centered around this trampoline. Cool. And so for me, it was a really, really big part of my upbringing. Okay. Uh, and I don't know very many people who have trampolines. I but, don't know that many. Either. And I just think it's such a great, great thing. Huh. So that's the other thing I wanted to bring up today. And I'm totally going to get a trampoline for yeah? my kids. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Did you ever like lie down and like look at the stars on your trampoline? I slept on my trampoline oh, sometimes. Wow. I would drag like my sleeping bag out there and, and, and okay. a pillow and I would sleep on it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was really cool. That's cool, man. <laughs> so moving on. Yep. Um... Should we go light, heavy, light, heavy, light? Should we switch it back and forth? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. What is one of your weaknesses and how have you been learning about God's grace in this weakness? One of my weaknesses, and my family's listening, <laughs> is just like, it's so hard. It's so hard, Chris. Like, it's so hard to put the needs of others in front of myself. And I think that's because I have like this inflated view of myself. Like, I think that would be the root cause of it. Um, and you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, it's so hard just to put, like, my family or my friends ahead of myself. And, like, those are people who love me. And, like, according to the gospel, like, loving people who love you back, like, that's pretty basic. Yeah. And I can't even get the basics. So I'm like, oh, we have a problem here. So just, like, um, having my weakness is just prioritizing myself because I just see my needs as being, like, above those of others. Um, what I'm learning about grace, though, is just, it makes you kind of fall more in love with who Christ is because, you know, he is the one who's more important than me, clearly, by a long shot, you know, but he still decided to um, to rescue me, mm -hmm. um, to die on the cross for me. And yeah, it, it humbles me um, to think of like the thing that I, so, that I resist so much to do is what like he did willingly. Mm -hmm. So what I'm learning about grace is just like how amazing uh, grace is. Uh, I think it's a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm learning. <laughs> or, but like, I wouldn't say like, like learning in this season, like it's this ongoing. Yeah. Like, uh, need to remind myself of that. So, yeah. Cool. It is one of those things that sometimes, like, you get to experience the difficulty of love. Like, love isn't sentimental. Mm. Love is an act of will. Mm -hmm. You have to force yourself to put the needs of others before your own, mm -hmm. even when you really, really don't want to, and you feel that it's an injustice, or it's, it's just uh, they're not worthy of it. Yeah. To do it anyway. Yeah. Not only is it right, but it's actually transformative mm -hmm. as well. Like by doing so, you will see a change within yourself. Mm -hmm. And so the reason to do it is not only because it's right, though that should be enough of a reason. By doing it, we should have an expectation that it's going to change us and transform us more like Christ, yeah. uh, which is a really, really good thing to want. Yeah. And yeah. Worth, the, worth the effort to get there. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, lots of effort. <laughs> lots of effort, for sure. What about you? Yeah. Um, tell us your weaknesses, Chris. Um, the top ten. Let's go. <laughs> top ten. <laughs> I'll give you the top, Well, I'll give you one of them. Right. Oh, for the sake of time and brevity and my own pride. <laughs> I think one thing I've learned about myself within the last few weeks, sort of one month-ish, is the, the knee-jerk reaction I have to become defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, often in situations where someone wouldn't necessarily be attacking or criticizing me, uh, but I would take it to heart. I would take it as something personal, somewhat of a personal attack. Uh, 
And I began to see how much of my relationships were being shaped by that and hampered by that as well, where I wouldn't let certain people too close to me because I knew there were people that were just sort of more blunt by nature. Uh, and I would, I would always take offense to that. And so I would keep them at an arm's distance because I didn't want to let them any closer. Or I would so often get myself into situations where I was angry about something I really shouldn't be angry about yeah. because I'm taking something personally that's really not meant to be a personal thing. And I'd be kind of either passive aggressive or you know, outright aggressive towards the other person or just towards life in general for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And when that door started opening to me, and, I, and it really was an act of God to open it to me because it was a discovery I made while I was sort of meditating upon his word and his truth, something I genuinely didn't see in myself up till about a month ago. Yeah. But in seeing it, I have not stopped seeing it since. Mm. I mean, I see it. There's an opportunity every single day where the Holy Spirit is saying, oh, there it is again. <laughs> there it is again. Yeah. And I, I, it's dawning on me slowly but surely just how much of a problem and how much it's crept into my life. And so what I've seen in God's grace is that is how, because he's putting his finger on that bit of my life saying, there it is. It's stopping me in the moment from doing it. Mm. And my relationships have gotten so much better since. Yeah. Not only my relationship with other people, but just generally my relationship to life in general mm. has become softer, has become more open. And what I'm using as the fuel to get through it is the grace of God. Yeah. The fact that God tells us that there is like our anger either is not legitimate, mm-hmm. but even when it is legitimate, is far better handled by him than by us. Yeah. So he gives us that the once the pause, the grace grace gives us the pause to not not like give in to anger because we realize that often it's illegitimate mm-hmm. and we don't have a really substantial reason to be angry about something given how much we've been forgiven right. or given how little we know uh, or given how limited our perspective is. And then on the other hand, he also gives us this healthy outlet for our anger. Say in prayer to him, saying, God, I'm upset about mm. this. But then realizing, if we, if we pray the right way, asking ourselves, God, is this something you're angry about too? And if you're angry about it too, are you angry about it for the same reasons that I'm angry about it? And those kinds of questions have really helped me to let go of my anger and give it to him when, when it does come down like, yeah, this is something that upsets God as well. Well, if it does upset God, then I can trust that he's going to deal with it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And to take your hands off of a situation like that is really freeing. Right. Really, really freeing. And I, so I've seen his grace move through that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, like daily still in the midst of this struggle. But wow, I've seen a big, big change already. Cool. And so has my wife, which is yeah. really cool <laughs> as well. That's how you know it's like a yeah. little change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> so we've got two more questions left. Okay. And I hope everyone's still listening. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think is something that people will really miss 10 years from now? Okay. Hands down. Like, okay, this is 2020 just for some context. Everything <laughs> everything is wrong with the world. But you know what? Um, people are gonna, really going to miss the price of gas. 
When I was a kid, listen, when I was a kid, okay, back on my childhood, like gas was like, at one point, gas was like 75, 80 cents. And like people in my life were complaining about how expensive gas was. And I was confused because as a kid, I thought that you just paid like 75 cents and you just put like, you just fill up your car. For 75 cents. Yeah, like that's how I thought it worked. So I was like, why are you guys mad? Like, it's just 75 cents and you can have a full tank. But then I learned that it was no, 75 per liter. Um, But just like, yeah. How old were you when you figured that out? I don't know. I was a kid, okay? I was like, I was like probably 10 or 12. That's still pretty old. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It took me a while. Oh, man. But yeah, so right now, gas is 103 per liter. Um, per liter, I know that now. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in 10 years, it's going to be like a lot more expensive if we still have cars. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I'm going to miss the price of gas in 10 mm. years because it's going to be something scary. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Jess, the frugal one. <laughs> I think that I have an obvious answer and then like an answer that's a bit more of a conspiracy theory kind of answer. Yeah, okay, okay. So my obvious answer is people are going to miss the age they are now. Yeah. Even if you don't particularly like the age you are now and are looking forward to being older for whatever reason, there's a lot to love about every single age. That's true. And once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And so now, like the stage of life I'm in when my kids are little, Mm -hmm. I... It's hard. It's hard to have, you know, I've got two kids under five. It's hard to have kids under five. Like, they're, they're, they're a big handful. But I know I'm going to miss it a lot when it's mm-hmm. gone. There's mm-hmm. so much beauty in, in the, who they are right now uh, that I'm going to miss because once it's gone, it's gone. Right. So that's my obvious answer. And I think, yeah. you know, you, you could make the argument for anybody in any stage of life. But my non-obvious answer, my more conspiratorial answer, <laughs> is light. But uh, I think people are going to miss eating a lot of meat. Because I predict that 10 years from now, we are going to be a lot less, we're going to consume a lot less meat than we do today. Okay. I think that's the way things are, I'm seeing this on the horizon, that there's this sort of this growing push towards veganism and vegetarianism, which I actually respect and think is good. And I, I do feel that conviction myself and my wife and I do are scaling back the amount of meat that we eat. But man, I love meat. <laughs> you love the biltong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so eat biltong while you can. Yeah. But I do see that maybe not in 10 years, but in the next few decades, meat is going to go the way of like smoking. Oh. Where it's going to become this thing that where there was a time where no one really questioned it. Everyone just yeah. did it and no one really thought much more about it. Yeah. And then everyone kind of slowly dawned on the fact that this is not really healthy. And it won't only be a health thing, but it'll also be a planetary thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. like an, eco, an ecology thing. Like, we don't want to be ruining this planet so much. And I do think within the next 10 or so years, people are going to look back and be like, I can't believe how much meat we used to eat. Like, we were so bad. We were so uh, unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so I think people are going to miss eating all the meat they want to eat. That's not crazy. I feel like it makes sense. Um, maybe not 10 years, though. Like, give us, give us some time here. I don't know. It could, it could be a thing, though. It could yeah. be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing we want to talk about, and we'll make it, we'll wrap it up briefly. Yep. Uh, but just to give you an extra thing to go try if you haven't tried, the last question is: What is a snack you feared you would hate until you tried it? 
for me, hands down, avocado. Like I would always avocado. Avocado. Okay. I would always see people eat it, and I'm like, what's this green thing with the huge like thing in the middle? Like I don't <laughs> understand. But then I tried it, um, and then I discovered guacamole. So it's like, yeah, um, avocado was a snack. That and plus, like you could put it on everything. So okay. Good. Yeah, that's what it is for me. Avocado. Yeah. I always loved avocado. Oh. It was great for me. Yeah, because you grew up probably around avocados. I did, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty common in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, something that's not not typically thought of as a snack. I don't think avocado is either. But anyway, <laughs> something that's not typically thought of as a snack, but I definitely use it to snack on, is kimchi, which is oh. a Korean... Uh, thing it's a Korean sort of side dish they eat it with almost every meal they have has kimchi on the side and when I first tried it it was about 10 years ago okay. uh, and it was a lot less common than it is today back then like Korean food wasn't a big deal and today it is a big deal so uh, I only tried it in a Korean church I went to with who at the time was the girl I was crushing on who is now my wife <laughs> but I sat down after church with her to eat uh, the meal that they prepared and it was my first time encountering kimchi yeah and she had described it to me and the description made it sound awful she said it's spicy fermented cabbage that's what it like, is yeah yeah that's what it is and okay. it sounds terrible and then you smell it and it smells terrible yeah and so i was really scared going into it <laughs> but i ate some and it's really really good it's really yeah. delicious and so I now horrify my wife because it's supposed to be like a side dish. It's kind of, in a way, a condiment. Okay. And so you're supposed to eat it with a meal and it's supposed to just like enhance the flavor of the meal. But I'll sit down with a bowl in front of the TV and just a bowl of just straight up kimchi and some chopsticks and I'll eat (laughs) kimchi out of the bowl. All day. And it's sort of like just sitting down with a bowl of ketchup with a spoon and eating it. Uh, That's how Koreans see it. Like, you don't do that. No. But I do that. (laughs) And it's good. Okay. So that's that's the that's the snack I feel I hated, cool. but I ended up loving. Nice. nice. And that's a bit about us. Yeah. So <laughs> this is somewhat of a different podcast. This mm-hmm. is the pilot. We wanted to let you get to know us a bit better. Yeah. Uh, but we hope you have. Uh, the podcasts to come are going to be focused around one topic. Mm-hmm. We're going to un- explore and unpack it together. I'm we excited. hope you enjoyed <laughs> getting to know us a little bit better. And uh, is there anything else you want to add? Um, where do you... No, I was going to ask you what was going to be your snack for next time, but I can't. Can you make me kimchi one day? I can give you kimchi. I can't okay. make it. Okay. Yeah, that's all I want to know. But um, <laughs> It's really hard. Yeah? Well, it's not hard, but like there's like a touch to it mm-hmm. that, that people lack without a lot of experience, okay. apparently. Okay. So, yeah. so, all this to say, guys, stay tuned because one day I might be trying kimchi. So, <laughs> you're going to want to tune into this podcast. <laughs> Look out for the kimchi episode. Yeah. Have you never tried kimchi? I maybe have a few times. Okay. Yeah, but it's not... Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for tuning in and for listening to us talk about our lives. Yeah. Uh, we hope you come back. So, for now, we hope thanks you give us some food for thoughts. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.